Greetings, my name is Anthony Fort. I'm a songwriter and composer from the UK, and I created this podcast to stimulate a deeper discussion of the creative process. I have a PhD in music theory from Columbia University in New York, and I've taught composition at the University of Cambridge. And one thing I've learnt over the years is that when it comes to being creative, technical knowledge is not enough. When we're being creative, we are using our minds in a different way, and it's that different way of using our mind that I'm interested in exploring. This week's episode is a follow-up on one of the topics I brought up in the last episode. Uh, Last week I was beginning to tackle the issue of how exactly I come to choose which song fragment I will take forward to make into a whole song in any given week. As listeners may know by now, I'm currently writing and recording one song per week, and as part of my working process, I have a collection of song fragments or ideas that I revisit weekly, from which I choose one or two to work on in more detail. Last week, I admitted to being very unsure as to how exactly I make that choice, and I still am unsure, but I feel I've inched forward a little bit in my search for clarity. My hunch was that I was selecting songs where I had a feeling that I could imagine the overall structure or form of the composition. In other words, from a given fragment, I had the sense that I could guess how many sections the song would need to have and roughly what function those sections would be fulfilling. Interestingly, I've noticed a similar thought process when it comes to preparing podcast episodes. As with the songs, I'm currently writing and recording one podcast episode per week. The main difference is that the song is my priority, whereas the podcast is not, and as a result I spend less time overall thinking about podcast topics uh, than I do selecting songs to work on. Uh, That said, from my experience writing songs, I can definitely see improvements I could make to the podcasting process. Uh, Notably, just as I try to start new songs each week, even though I already have a large collection of fragments, I would probably do well to to dream up different podcast topics on a more frequent basis, as this would generate a larger store of ideas for me to draw upon, and it would also improve my confidence uh, in my ability to deliver the product on a regular basis, and sort of confidence in the creative process is, is sort of a topic that I've explored in previous podcast episodes and having a strategy to sort of guarantee some level of confidence has ended up being very useful for me. Uh, But what I have noticed is that when it comes to choosing a topic for an episode, there are a couple of litmus tests that I run which give me the confidence that I have found a topic that I can take forward that week. Um, Basically, before recording, I write a loose script of about 2,000 words on the topic I'm about to discuss. And the litmus test allows me to predict whether or not I'm going to be able to sit down and write for that length of time. So in other words, for me to know that I've got the podcast episode in the bag, I know that I need to be able to write about 2,000 words. And so the lit- and what I'm looking for in the litmus test is evidence that I'm going to be able to do that. And there are two tests that I can try. One is uh, if I can jot down, say, half a page of notes in my notebook about a particular topic, uh, then I know from experience that that's enough material to expand upon. The second test is this. If I can go for a walk and have a conversation with myself about the topic, 
then I know I have enough material. Uh, the similarity between this process and the song selection process is that I'm making a prediction about my ability to produce a large volume of material from my ability to produce a small volume of material. In other words, in that small volume of material, I'm looking for clues which indicate that the finished product is relatively few creator moves away. Uh, before describing in a bit more detail what kinds of clues I'm looking for in a song, I just want to talk briefly about volume, um, bulk, you know, how much material. Uh, so in my 20s, though I re definitely regret not writing very much in that time, one thing I did do, which ended up being very beneficial, was doing a kind of analytical work which involved what I call cutting down to size. Um, as I've mentioned numerous times, I come from a classical music background, uh, which is a genre in which musical works are often very long. An opera, for instance, might last several hours, and for a long time I simply couldn't imagine how a composer or a human being have the time and energy to produce such large pieces of work. Um, but what I found by analysing some of these works is that the amount of raw material in these larger works is often relatively small, you know, relative to the final output. Even if the music doesn't literally repeat itself, there might still be just a handful of patterns or moves that constitute the composer's vocabulary. And these broad moves might be deployed many, many times over. By understanding this, I learnt basically to believe in my own ability to turn out large pieces of work. The works no longer seemed so massive, and this is what I mean by cutting down to size. Um, as an aside, I, I, I sometimes took this cutting down to size process one step further. Um, so in the case of operas, um, operas involve large orchestras and they're often sung in foreign languages. And both of those are kind of barriers. The large orchestra generated a sense of grandeur, a sense of massive scale, which is quite daunting. Uh, while the foreign language um, was another sort of barrier because it was a, a barrier to my understanding of it. And again, it just created this impression of this thing that I could never understand. So I did two things. First of all, I would learn simplified versions of the orchestral parts to play on the piano. And secondly, I would learn English language translations of operatic scenes and sing through those. Um, not just that, but I would often sing the parts in sort of silly voices. And this was fun, but it was also functional. It turned a large-scale, highbrow art into a fun little set of songs. And doing that cut the operas down to size. And that taught me that I was capable of making them if I ever wanted to. Um, I've since had a similar experience with novels. Uh, some years ago, I remember reading a really long journalistic article published on the Atlantic website. I think it was about conflict in the Middle East, but I, I can't remember for sure. Um, I was reading the article by scrolling down my laptop, and it occurred to me afterwards that I'd probably read the equivalent of a very large short story. And later on, reflecting on this, something changed in me where I started to experience novels as less daunting and cumbersome than I had before. 
novels subsequently seemed in my mind just like extended essays you know something any any person could produce anyone could write an extended essay if they had to and by extension anyone could write a novel if they wanted uh, so again I sort of novels became cut down to size and in doing so they became more approachable so to get back to the songs, uh, this is sort of what I'm looking for when I'm selecting which fragment to take forward. I kind of imagine the song as a horizontal line. The line represents the entire song, and at some point on that line, there is a small vertical line intersecting it. And that point is marking an important, an important structural moment in the song. So often in my songs, and this is true in lots of songs, not just mine, uh, there comes a moment sometime after the halfway mark where the song takes a slightly different turn. Um, often this ends up becoming what is referred to as a bridge. It's not a verse or chorus, it's new material. And for me, often this new material invo involves some kind of reflection on the song so far. If it's got lyrics, it might be the moment where the lyrics turn back on the lyrics so far and sort of try and make sense of it all. Um, not always, however. Uh, for instance, in my most recent song, uh, that moment in the song is just, it doesn't have any lyrics. It's just a slightly longer instrumental interlude. And it just sort of cleanses the ears before a return to the verse. Um you could argue that is a kind of reflection or it's a kind of space for reflection. I'm not, not really too sure. Um, but it happened after the halfway mark, which is kind of the interesting thing for me. Um, now, there have been theories put forward about structurally interesting things happening some point after the halfway mark. Uh, in the 20th century, some classical theorists got interested in the idea of the golden ratio and the idea that significant moments in a piece might often happen at roughly the moment that would divide the piece into sections that correspond to the golden ratio. And if you look up an image of a golden ratio on a straight line, you will see that that moment comes you know, after the halfway mark, sort of somewhere around the two-thirds, three-quarter mark. Um, now, I can't assess the validity of those claims in relation to music. Um, there's a lot there are so there are different ways you can measure it, so that's a, a sort of a problem for it, for the theory anyway. Um, though I bring it up now because it was an idea that interested me when I was younger, and um, I've spoken in the past about how I sort of inherited these ideas from classical theory when I was younger because I, that that was the world I was in, and so I wouldn't be surprised if that mental imagery of a straight line with an intersection at, at the golden ratio was influenced by my knowledge of this sort of general golden ratio theory. And, and perhaps that influenced the way I think about musical structure. Um, so I, I said that when I'm looking to select a song fragment to take forward, I'm trying to make a prediction about my ability to produce a large volume of music from a relatively small volume that I already have. And what my guess is, is that when I'm choosing a song, I'm basically guessing whether or not I have enough raw material to take me forward to that quote-unquote golden ratio moment. 
Here's another way of thinking about it. If the bridge moment is, generally speaking, the point where I look back on the song so far, and if I want some sort of moment for reflection in each song, then perhaps what I'm looking for is the confidence that I have enough material where I feel that the song is really about something. Um, in other words, there are two kinds of material that I need to produce in a song. There's the basic material that gets me started and that forms the bulk of the song. Then there's the more reflective material that comes later and that sort of answers that material. Now, in actual fact, that reflective material uh, can often be used as material for an introduction. It's sort of unexplained material that is explained later on in the reflective period. Uh, that's quite a handy way for sort of getting more mileage out of the material that you already have to take that reflective moment and use it as an introduction. I find that works very well. So maybe, and I will be paying attention to this during the week, maybe what I need is enough raw material where I can say, this is what the song is about. I have a song about this thing. I need enough raw material that later on I will be able to reflect on that material. I trust in my ability to dream up reflection-based material, given enough raw material to start with. In other words, if I've got enough raw material, I know that I'm going to be able to write that sort of bridge section. This doesn't mean that I need to have dreamed up all of the raw, the raw material to begin with. For instance, it's often the case that I have enough material to cover, say, a verse and a chorus, but not yet a second verse. But with that, I might have enough material that I know roughly what I need to explore in the second verse. So again, I've got a first verse. I don't have a second verse, but what I've got in the first verse is a clue that I'm going to be able to write that second verse. So I'm getting a little bit, I have a little bit of material, but I look for clues in that material that I'm going to be able to produce a larger volume of material from it. Now, saying all this makes me instantly think that what I should really do, if I'm sort of committed to creativity, is to deliberately try to act against those forms that I have intuited. Um, for instance, it would be interesting to explore what happens if, say, I put that reflective period in the first half of the song, or right at the start, or if I started the creative process with the reflection, not the raw material that gives rise to it. Or perhaps there are structures that involve no reflection, but something entirely different. Uh, these are all exciting avenues that I hope to make the time for uh, in the future. Uh, yet again, though, my task for this week is to turn out a song. And at the moment, I feel enough curiosity regarding uh, the idea I've just outlined to suspect that it might help me home in on this week's song idea. Um, at this exact moment in time, I'm going through a particularly busy work spell, so perhaps that's why I'm particularly interested in thought patterns that might facilitate quick action. Um, hopefully in other weeks I can explore more experimental approaches, um, but we will see. Uh, until then, thank you very much for listening.